This is the EWN Podcast Network. When life and business is chaotic, it is hard to see the beauty that comes from it. But I'm here to tell you, you are not alone. I am your host, Ashley Stone, and I am your chaos coordinator. I believe there's always a message in the mess we can experience in our personal lives and in business. So join me on the journey of running multiple businesses, self-caring it up, and designing a life for my family. This won't be just my story. It will be the many stories of remarkable women that have inspired me and will inspire you to discover the beauty behind the chaos. Hey beauties, my name is Ashley Stone and I'm your host of Beauty Behind Chaos, where we unpack the chaos and find the beauty on the other side in all things, whether it be in our personal lives, our professional lives, and everything in between. So I am here today with a guest and I'm so excited to have her here. Y'all, we are just catching up. It's been years for us to connect, but um, we are going to catch up right here on this podcast. So welcome, Susie. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. Hey, everyone. My name is Susie Cortez. I'm a fine artist, um, originally from Los Angeles, but I live in Houston now. So I'm super excited to be here. Ashley, like you said, we have a lot of catching up to do. Yes, I know. It's so crazy. It's been so long. And we have a very uh, interesting story in how we we connected. So mm-hmm. I figured we might as well just jump right into it really how we got connected and we'll, and we'll dig into all things Susie, but, um, it was pretty wild. And I was reminiscing this morning. I was just telling her before we started recording, I'm like, girl, I was reminiscing about how we got connected. And it's so crazy because this is like the power of technology and social media and utilizing different ways to connect with people. And we did that a really long time ago. What, what year was that? Was like 2016, 2000. I don't even know. It's been a while. 17. Uh, Probably 2017, because, yeah, 2017, and then we went to 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 a meetup in um, Miami. Which I is also kind of crazy. That's what I was reminiscing on. I'm like, we, and we, yeah. we met up in person, like, just like a whole bunch of strangers, and... uh Right. Totally. So, so just to Before bring it the back, pandemic and all that. <laughs> I did a podcast about how I met Mark Cuban and I mentioned Cyberdust and um just that whole like that it was like a little blip. So just to kind of give you guys right. um an understanding of, of how we met. So Mark Cuban ha- and you could share too. I'm curious how you actually discovered Cyberdust, but Mark Cuban was a right. part of um, a launch of an app called Cyberdust. And this was like, I think before Snapchat or Snapchat wasn't really big yet. It was the, the concept right. was, the concept was basically you could have a conversation and it disappears after 30 seconds, something, right. something like that, just to create real conversations. And, um, and, you know, I guess not like having uh, the history of a conversation. So it just creates this real time conversation. Mm-hmm. And so right. I, I came across it and like, either one of his books or an interview or something. And I was like, huh, check that out. And so I downloaded it. And basically it was like a lot of Dallas people were on, on the app. And I don't know if that's because he's from Dallas, but how did you discover this app? I mean, cause at that time I was living in Dallas. So, um, I think I saw it on his social media or something and I was like, Oh, let me check it out. And yeah, definitely. There was a lot of people in Dallas and right away, I just started connecting with so many people. There weren't a lot of creatives on the app. It was all, uh, there was a lot of entrepreneurs, but I feel like at first everybody had the sense of community 
and Mark Cuban was very active on the site. So he would, um, he would promote different people and, and re post or re I forgot what it was called. He would just kind of, um, promote other people's posts that they would read dust or whatever it was called. I don't remember, but yeah, it would for a time, it was a great, great community based social media site. It was it awesome. It really was. I mean, he was completely onto something with that. And it was kind of sad that it, mm-hmm. it eventually like did what social media does and with people, with more people getting on it. Yeah. But at the time it was a very niche yeah. kind of community. And, um, you know, what's crazy mm-hmm. is that, uh, my graphic designer that I've worked with forever, it seems I actually met on Cyberdust and he's out of New Jersey, um, Jose. And like, he's been, Jose, yeah. yeah, I made so many like great connections with people that we ended up following each other on other social media platforms like, like you. So, so with this, mm-hmm. so there's this app and we all got to kind of share in conversation. It was community, lots of entrepreneurs, lots of fans of Mark Cuban. So it was very um, similar mindset kind of people. And then uh, someone had basically put together for us all to meet in real life. And so we all went mm-hmm. to Miami and everyone got together and I got to meet Susie in person. And just Susie, following your journey over the past six, seven years, however long it's been since Cyberdust days, but it's been really awesome to see just like your art and just the different things that you're involved in and do. So that's a little bit how we met, but tell us a little bit more about right. you and what you do. I just want to say like when we first met, like we had got you and I had gone along so well. Like I think I went and picked you up um at the hotel and I I had rented a a, a convertible and we just literally drove around town the whole night. Top down in Miami. Just with the top down. I mean, that was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> um well uh about me, uh I've been working as a full time artist probably for about eight years now. I um, I used to work in Los Angeles as a, well, actually I was an uh, art instructor in Los Angeles for 20 years. And I was also the quality assurance director for a company out there um, that ran art studios, fine art studios. Um, I decided to become a full-time artist because it was a dream of mine. I, I, I wanted to just create whatever I wanted to create and not have to worry about you know, do I have enough time? I have to go do this full-time job. And and I honestly didn't realize um, the, the, the turn it would have on my life. Like, it, I thought that I knew enough about art back when I was living in Los Angeles that when I moved to Dallas to pursue my, you know, full-time artist career, um, I, I had a friend invite me to Italy. And, um, she had a place out there. So I moved out there for three year, three months and uh, three and a half months, four months, I think. And it was incredible. It was, I mean, it just really opened my eyes even more to art and, and really ignited that passion in me of being a full-time artist. So when I came back to, to the States, I, I really pushed on my dream and my goals to sell my art and have lots of art shows and just, just expose uh, get some exposure for my art. It wasn't until actually, I think it was that time we went to Miami. Like, it's just so funny how all things, um, happen and so much serendipity, right? It was, it was, I think it was around December that we went to, to Miami. It was around, um, 
uh, Art Basel, which is something I never missed. I always go to Art Basel in Miami. And that same, on that same trip, I met somebody who invited me to Turks and Caicos. And when I went a couple months later, or next month in January, it literally changed my life. The culture, the people, just the energy of the island completely changed um, the way I painted and and the way I saw things. And, and it, it just totally ignited me. So it was like a full circle for me um, as, as an artist, being able to experience all those different things. And uh, now, that, now that I'm here in, in Houston, it, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It, I've been delving into different mediums and just experiencing different things. So it's, it, it's getting there. It's quite, it's quite crazy, but it's also a lot of fun. So how is that? I'm being like a creative myself. I like, I always find like, I need that like muse to kind of like ignite something in me. There's always like something I kind of look for and then I just hit the ground running. So what is that for you? Do you, what like kind of ignites that inspiration for you? Is there anything particular? Is it in the moment? Is it the culture? Like, what is it that kind of inspires some of your art? You know, a lot of times it's just my, um, my surroundings or, the energy I'm around, like I said, when I was in in Turks and Caicos, it was the water, the people, the culture that completely turned my style around. I used to paint a lot more realistic, and I still do, but I find it a lot more fun and more challenging to do my paintings more colorful with bolder strokes and and just a little a little more, uh, I guess, contemporary looking at my work. Um, and that is all because of, of of the people and the experience and exchanges that I had on the island. Um, you can probably, yeah, like, with it's, art it's, in general, like, see the time periods that people were in, right? Like, I feel yes. like you can, I go through these different phases. It's like, it depends on where I was in my life. Like, and that kind of mm-hmm. comes out in the way that I create. For sure. There's um one of my one of my favorite ways of painting is doing uh glaze paintings like the masters did, but I really didn't have um an audience for that. And I was like, I, you know, I really have to do commissions, you know, because I, I have a thankfully, well, during the pandemic, um, I was able to do a lot of commissions. I had so much work and I was able to really practice and hone in on those skills that I got on the island. And I kind of lost track of more of my classical training. So as you can see behind me, there's this black and white painting. So this is going to be a glaze painting that I'm going to be working on. And I wouldn't have that opportunity if I wasn't here in Houston doing doing this work and just being able to have my own little cave and and, and, and work here. So how is that for you, like in terms of... Um creating and then creating just for you know fun and your passion and then creating as like a job does it change the dynamics of of like how it works for you or it transitions just the same like how does it how is that become going from being just an artist well, and being passionate to being yeah. like a paid artist I think I think it's very different because um when I'm doing a commission I you know obviously I I still have some artistic say in the work that I'm going to be doing, but I usually get a a portrait of a family member or of themselves and I kind of create the background. So I'm still kind of limited to what I could do to the, with the painting or the subject. 
when I do original works, it's a lot different because I get to choose the subject, the colors, everything. And um, I I get inspired uh, pretty much, like you said, you know, just based on what's going on right then and, and there with my life. Um, I have a lot of ideas and it just, I need more time to put them on paper or on canvas. I'm sure you could relate to that. It's like the, the problem of an, of a creative. <laughs> the ideas are endless. <laughs> it's just executing them, totally right? Totally endless. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it's I, overwhelming. Living here sometimes. in Houston, um, I'm, it is. Sometimes it's, it's really overwhelming. Um, you know, I moved down here to Houston um, because a friend of mine, um, he's a serial entrepreneur, amazing, like amazing guy and his family. Um, he opened up a, or he created an, NF, an NFT marketplace where we could curate more fine art NFTs versus what was going out there. So we still have that. It's still kind of in the, you know, we did really well, but then we're kind of slowing down a little bit. I'm trying to figure out some something else to do with that to kind of keep it unique. And in doing so, I've been able to do a lot of work for him. And I realized that it's okay to have all these ideas and just jot them down and, and, and get to them whenever you can. You know, it's it, that's one thing that I never did. I always had this overwhelming sensation of like, oh, I got to do this. Oh, I have an idea. I got to get this out there before I forget it. But as long as you write them down and you keep track of them and little by little work on different projects, they will get done, you know, and obviously take priority on the ones that are most important. But that's something I never did. I would always want to do them right then and there. And, and I wouldn't think of, okay, well, I could, do these first and then get into, you know, my original paintings or whatever it is that I had in mind of doing. But I, yeah, I've, I've learned to have patience and not do all the paintings I want at once, you know? Yeah. That's relatable to business as well. I feel like, um, there's times, especially being creative yeah. and being an entrepreneur, it's like, you know, there's a time and place and a season mm-hmm. as well. And I, I tend to take that approach too. It's like, a little bit work on, I kind of tinker. I like do a little bit here, a little bit there. And after a while, you slowly build up something and you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, I created this whole thing and this masterpiece, right? And now it's time to get it out there. Yeah. And it it is kind of magic because for me, I don't know how it is yeah. for you when you're creating art, but like when I'm doing that and working in that way, and then I do complete it, it's like, this was now the right time for it to be seen or it was, it's now like a need. Whereas like a year ago, when I first had this idea, if I would have went like balls to the wall and got it done and out there, it wouldn't have been the right time. So it's, it's very similar for, for me sure. in business as well. Um, which can be kind of hard. Cause I don't know about you, but like, for me, I'm, I'm creative in the way of uh, obviously businesses and like, I'm working on that. This is my art. Like, what I do every day and the different things that mm-hmm. I'm creating, um, whether it be in business or branding and marketing pieces, things like that. And I find that like I overwhelm other people and I'm like, it's okay. I'm creative. Like that's what I'm, I bring the creative, you bring like the operations. Like I can't do that. So yeah. I always tell people like, don't expect to have like the kind of brain that I have. It's a little bit, it's, it works a little bit different. So creatives in general are, are definitely different. Right. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you could relate to this, but I feel like the more I have on my plate, the more I'm able to produce. Yes. Like if I only have one or two things, then 
I kind of take my time and I, I procrastinate. But if I know that I have five or six different projects, I can work on them at different times and get and, and like get all of them done at once. You know what I mean? Not maybe not at once, but I could switch from one thing to the other. I don't know if that's, yeah. you know. That's probably yeah. part of the creative process, right? It's like, because we need to be inspired. And if you work in that same way, it's like after you're working on yeah. for something like something for so long, you're just kind of like, oh, okay. And it just be kind of, it becomes like a little redundant. <laughs> and so when you're able to switch, you can get re-inspired by something else, right? That's going to bring you back to that other piece of art. I love that. Yeah. Thank you, Susie, exactly. for making me feel normal. Exactly. Or if you have, right. Or, or if you have something that you jot it down that you want to get to it's like it inspires you to finish whatever it is that you're working on or you know and 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 then get into what you really want to do and like chomp on that because i i mean right now i have this painting that i that i'm doing but there's so many others that i that i want to do i just don't have the time yeah yeah that's always that's always the hard part is making more time um so with that um making more time and making more money so uh, as a business and being an artist um because you definitely mm -hmm. had to transition your thought process when it came to how you view your art and then how to turn into you know going from starving artists to being a paid artist how was that transition? Was it difficult? Was it like, what's some advice you could maybe give to someone that is maybe at that starving artist point and looking to transition? Okay. Well, first of all, I don't like the term starving no. artist because <laughs> no, because the thing is that as an artist, like, you know, when I used to teach, we used to tell people um, that this, this culture is made out of artists, right? The more artists we have, the better culture we're going to have, or, you know, the more, mm -hmm. um, the, the more creatives are out there, the, you know, the more aesthetic things you're going to be creating. And, and as an artist, like you could definitely work in different fields and continue to be creative, right? Like there's always going to be work for a creative person, like whether it's in graphic design or, you know, doing some, some hand lettering signs or something. It's just really, broadening your 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 viewpoint on what you could do like i was lucky enough that i at i don't know 18 i found this job where i was learning how to teach people how to draw and i was learning these skills for myself and i stayed in that company for um 20 years and after that i was able to continue being an artist you know um unfortunately sometimes people take different routes but my advice to them is not to give up on that passion, like not to say, oh, well, I'm either going to be a starving artist or I'm not going to do this other work. Like, no, do the other work, like find something that's going to fulfill your create, you know, your, your creative urges. Right. And, and, and continue doing your art. Like eventually you will be able to do that transition, you know, but more than anything, build a community in get your work out there. A lot of times um, there's big companies that do take advantage of, of artists who are just coming up and they say, Oh, you know what? We'll give you exposure for your artwork. No, don't do that. Like a lot of times artists get taken advantage because of that. And 
it's because they're like, oh, well, you know what? I, I really want to get out there and this company's big and I might be able to, it, it might be my chance. Like take, take your time, you know, do things the right way and always treat your passion as a business. Like you, you can't give stuff away, you know, because that's, I guess if you are going to say something about the starving artist, that's where it's going to be where you're like, okay, I'll do this for free and get some exposure. Trust me, that exposure is never what you think it's going to be. Because I've been there. I've I've worked with brands and I worked with, you know, different companies and they're like, oh, we'll do this, this, this and that. And when it comes down to it, you put your heart and soul into this work for them and the return is not as much or as equal. And And I think that's where that attitude of like, oh, well, you know, the, the starving artist comes in. But if you treat it as a business from the beginning, whether you're selling your work for like $25, $35 or $100, $300, like you got to start somewhere and treat it as a business so you don't have that mentality. I think that's, you know, that's it's really like just... That's really great advice. And I think that's probably the hurdle with a lot of people. Um, I find that in entrepreneurship in general, because um, a lot of businesses, a lot of small businesses start from um, whether it be from something creative or a passion or something that was a hobby that's now transitioning, you know, things like that. The hard part is, is really finding that balance and then also treating it like a business from jump. Um, because so, so often it's like, we almost have imposter syndrome too. And I had to like, learn that word. And I was just like, when I learned what imposter syndrome was, I still struggle with imposter syndrome sometimes. And it's like to not really put value on our own selves and our own art and our own time and and things like that. And I think if anything, if anyone's a a starving artist or starving entrepreneur or starving business, um, it's oftentimes for that reason. It's because, um, you know, they're Mm -hmm. not kind of treating it as a business. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And one of, one of, um, I don't know if you are active on clubhouse, but for me, clubhouse sort of took the little hole that dust left behind because I found a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of artists. It's again, like any social media site, like you said earlier, it changes, right? So it went from this really great site where you could find different people that would support you as an artist or as an entrepreneur to I don't even go on it anymore, but I'm trying to say mm-hmm. is when I was there, I, I learned more about this imposter syndrome and I realized for myself that one, you have to be 100% sure of your skills or be working towards knowing everything you know about your field that will keep you away from feeling this imposter syndrome, right? If you're sure of what you're doing, if you're sure of your skills, then you won't feel like you don't belong at the table. So for me, it's always important to, yeah, it's always important to keep learning, to keep improving and sharpening those skills because that way it'll keep you from feeling like, oh, you know, maybe I will give this away or maybe I will do this service because, uh, you know, I'm just trying to get out there. You know, I might be too small. They might not like what I do. Like all of that, it's insecurities that, definitely need to be shattered and the only way is to keep sharpening your skills like that's going to give you the confidence to ask what you really deserve what you um are worth and 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 keep you afloat right keep you keep you striving for more 
there's definitely an aspect of personal development within that as well. It's just kind of like, I always say I'm a, I'm a big advocate for like mental health and like, and now I feel like it's mm-hmm. more prevalent at, more than ever. It's just like people struggling with depression yes. or anxiety or, you know, various things, maybe they experience traumas. And it's just like doing that work of personal healing and personal development mm-hmm. is also going to contribute to your professional life yeah. and, and your artistry and things like that. But I found for me over, over the years, my, a lot of my coping skill was art and um, creating really, I needed to always be like creating to just kind of get out of me what was built up inside of me. And that was like my, um mm-hmm. my kind of my outlet, like my positive coping skill. So, um, for you, like with your background in art being, you've been doing, um, art for so long is how did you discover art? Like what brought you there? Was it from a place of, you know, just, you just discovered it and, and it became an outlet. Like, what is that for you? Um, I, you know, the more I've, I've done interviews and I've been asked that question, I kind of dig more into my childhood because I really, I moved to the States when I was five years old from El Salvador and um, my, my mom, my dad used to live in, in San Francisco and then moved back to El Salvador. Then uh, my mom came and for a while I was in El Salvador with my dad without my mom and my way to communicate with her um, was writing her letters and cards and I would draw. So for me, drawing was a connection with my family who was far away, right? Um, when I moved to the States, now back in El Salvador, I had left more family. So I would write and draw for them. So I think drawing for me was that that connection that I had. And, and it was something that I was praised for and something that I felt that I did well. And I wanted to keep pushing that because if they liked it, I wanted to give them something that they liked. So everybody used to get drawings. <laughs> Um, as I got older, it was a way for me to cope with bullying and um, just uh, moving to different, you know, cities and different schools and not making friends right away. This was mostly like in elementary school and, and, and middle school. Um, in high school, it, it changed because I started to get more confidence. But in elementary school and, and, and middle school, it was something that I used to to kind of keep me company. You know, I would just sit and draw and not even worry about what was going on on the playground. It was, it was something that it was completely mine and it was just my, my alone time with it. And then, um, as I got older, it it just became my life. It was something that I had to do. It was a passion that it, just like, eating, breathing, I had to do art. I, there was nothing else I ever wanted to do. So it, it, it's always been with me. I love that. That That's like such a good point is when, when it comes to art, whether it's, um, taking in art, I think that's another, another aspect of being able to kind of like be one with something and feel like you're connected to something. Right. And I think that's why we all enjoy like Mm -hmm. different cultures and art and, and just, um, just exploring. I know that's how I am, but like creating it is, is just the same as like, it creates this like connection point. 
um, which is really awesome. And I love that right. you mentioned that about bullying. Um, and I think finding these positive outlets and uh, ways to explore mm-hmm. and then also know that like you don't if you don't connect here, you can connect here. And so it's different for everybody. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Because that's and I wish it was something. Yeah. Of course. And sorry to interrupt you, but I, I did want to say that, you know, as when I was growing up, I didn't have social media. So, you know, a lot of bullying happened in school and it was just kids having fun, being mean, whatever. I feel that nowadays it's, you know, art is so important because kids spend so much time on in front of a screen, whether they're, you know, on Snapchat or, you know, going through their uh, TikToks or creating this and creating that and the expectation for them to become viral, to get a lot of followers, that's a lot of pressure for kids, right? And when you think about it, it's like art, yeah, I don't want to be doodling. I want to be creating, you know, videos. I want to be exposed. I want to get paid. There's, there's so many things, but like, if you just bring it down to the basics, it's just about creating, like, Find making sure that kids have an outlet to create, whether they're painting, whether they're, you know, building something, just keeping them entertained with something other than their social media, because that becomes so detrimental to them if they don't make it to a certain number of followers. They don't get brand deals. They don't get all this that they see that it it seems very easy. So they go for it and they might not get it. And that's, you know, that that's heart wrenching for a it's kid. It's like one in a so million. I feel too. that having an outlet. Yeah, exactly. One in a million. And then just having an outlet for them to create outside of their phones, outside of something ele- electronical is super important for kids nowadays. Yeah, I do. I agree with that. That was one, one thing with my, I think also being creative, it makes it a lot easier for me to be able to, you know, have my kids explore art in some capacity, but it's kind of sad. I feel like so many art programs have been cut and there isn't as much access and, and also understanding it's not, you know, it's not a typical conversation, even growing up for me. Um, I've always been kind of different, like air quote, different. And it's like, I'm just hyper creative and I see the world in a different way. And there's so many, if anything, I see a lot more of these kids um, are extremely creative and extremely brilliant um, because of what they're exposed to. But then a lot of them aren't utilizing it or know how to channel that energy. Mm-hmm. Um, which I there think, you go. yeah, yeah. And, and I think if anything, that's where we're kind of, um, you know, not making a mistake, but as society, like not encouraging more of um, positive outlet outlets. Instead, it's just encouraging this, mm-hmm. you know, the social media and it's, it's like snowballing into more and more and, and kids are struggling with depression and comparing and, and all of that. Whereas if they just kind of, you know, root into who they are and just explore what that looks like and then connect in and find other kids or people that are doing the same thing or that want to do the same thing. And now more than ever, you have, you have the ability to potentially find those people like platforms like Cyberdust that existed and, uh, and, uh, TikTok and Snapchat, like utilizing those platforms as a way to actually connect with people like you that think very similar that are creating the same things you want to create. Um, I think that's a great way Mm -hmm. instead to use social media, as opposed to, looking at what everybody else is doing, like how can you actually connect mm-hmm. with people that are doing the things that you Yeah, to that's be very doing? important. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's so important. And, and I think putting yourself out there is, is kind of hard to do, but at the same time, somewhat necessary in order for you to connect with the right people. Um, and so sharing your art and sharing your ideas, whether, you know, whether you're scared to, or don't care about what anybody thinks, I think putting your art out there and the things that you're, you know, creating behind the scenes, I think is also another, it's a great avenue for, for people to find you. And then, um, you know, that mm-hmm. has similarities to you as well. So, so with that, what, what platforms are you on currently? Um, well, I, I, <laughs> I embarrassed to say this, but I still have my dust app on my phone <laughs> because, <laughs> um, the only person I message there is Mark Cuban and, and he responds, he, he still responds. responds. So I got that. Yeah, totally. Like, um, the last thing we we're talking about was NFTs and uh, uh, how to better utilize them. He's all, I mean, I am so impressed with him because like, no matter how busy he is, you know, he's a freaking busy person. He, he sees this random message from dust and he'll respond to it. That is wild. I can't so, believe I need to redownload it. Yeah. Other than dust. <laughs> yeah there's um of course instagram i do have tiktok i just i mostly use it to watch videos and uh not necessarily active on it as, as i should be but mostly instagram you know some facebook for family and that's pretty much it i mean i have twitch and and uh discord and all that i just really have been too busy to keep like, up I don't with even it know what those are. but yeah the only one i there's so many, there's so many different platforms. <laughs> well, Twitch is, it's really, that one's really cool. It's, it's, it's a lot for creatives because you could work, um, you could be working on a project and then the camera could split and you, they could be looking at you too. And you could join with different people. You could do d- different, um, screens and everybody's working on some artwork or playing video games. A lot of people use it for video games. And then Discord is when, NFTs were like the thing to get and to buy and to create. Um, Discord became very popular in creating different channels for people to talk about different uh, projects and ideas that they had and collaborations. Unfortunately, some people used it for the wrong thing. And, you know, there was um, different things that happened. It shouldn't have. But I feel like social media always sometimes yeah, can go. Yeah. It's like it's got this like it's like. Have you ever seen that show Black Mirror? It's like Mirror. It's uh, it's called Black Mirror on on Netflix. Have you ever seen that? Uh, uh-uh, no. So Black Mirror, they just came up with another season. So Black Mirror takes like you know real things that we have going on in life, whether it be like AI or you know streaming Netflix or something that like is kind of like a normal thing that is happening in our lives, right? And then it takes it to the extreme and how bad it could potentially get. And I feel like social media sometimes has that kind of, has that kind of thing where it could be like really great and very valuable and can be an asset to what you do. Or it can be really negative. It can cause depression. It can like, and then people use it for inappropriate things. So it's like, you know, finding that balance with social media is, uh, is definitely kind of hard navigating it. I've been a big advocate of, of, Definitely utilizing social media, but leveraging it and not spending all your time and putting all your eggs in one basket mm-hmm. with it, right? 
So in terms of that, um, like right. as far as in-person engagement interaction, um, do you do like art shows? Do you do galleries? Like what is it that you do off of social media? Um, I haven't done any shows lately because um, for the past two and a half years, I've been in, inundated with um, uh, commissions. So I've had to do a lot of works for other people and the only time I get to create original works is when I take them to my, um, I do have an art show that I do every year in Tricks and Caicos. It's for a, a youth, their youth center. So um, that's the only regular show I have. Um, other than that, some might pop up, but um, I'm really working towards having a, a solo show in 2024. It's way past due. Nice. So in terms of giving advice for anyone that's an artist that's looking to um, become a paid artist or build connections, build their network, um, what would be advice that you would give for someone, um, like I said, going outside of social media? um, Is it a matter of like going to networking? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, how do they make those connections to maybe potentially get commissions and things like that? Right. Well, so first of all, I think it's very important to create a community of other artists. One thing I did was I created a meetup. So here in this area where I live and when I first moved down here to Houston, I live like in the Northern part of Houston near the woodlands. Um, I didn't know any artists here in Houston. And so one of the first things I did was, um, you know, started following different uh, hashtags just so I could see what was happening in, in, in the art scene also created a meetup group so I could bring artists together so they could collaborate with each other and just inspire each other, help each other. And there was a one artist in particular, he hadn't done any art since maybe six, seven years ago. And now he's starting to get back to it, you know, and it's all because he's been joining the group and coming um, to the monthly meeting. So it's been great. That's, that's something very important. Just, connecting to people in your community. Um, as far as advice is, is, is that it's just building that community, getting together with other artists, um, finding those who are willing to share their information and to help you grow. And then you also helping them to grow. Um, I've come across artists who like to hold all their tools really close to their chests, you know, not sharing um, and this was actually more of a professor, if you believe it or not. It was it was in college. And my mentor taught me that the more you teach others, the more you're going to learn from that. Right. And no matter how much you give that other person, they're never going to be able to paint like you because that you're infusing that with your own spirit. So I always felt like sharing your artwork with others or sharing your your, your tricks or your tools or or. Um, just your experiences with other artists is very important, not only for them, but for you. If you help them, you know, they're going to always remember you. They're always going to hold you in high regards. Um, as far as commissions, I would say finding your niche. I was helping one of the members of, of the art group that I have. She loves to paint um, uh, outer space kind of aliens type of things. And she's, she's, getting ready to start showing her work and selling it. And so I told her it's very important to find your niche. You can't go to a 
a place where they're going to be selling mostly flower paintings and put your work out there because people are going to not be interested. You have to look for something that will attract the type of people that you think would want to buy your work. So when I went to Turks and Caicos and I, you know, saw the Caribbean and saw these beautiful, bright colors, I started painting that way. And luckily for me, I, I found a lot of um, uh, clients out there and collectors. So that's one of the things I look forward to. It's it's um, it's something that keeps me busy because I always get commissions from people down there and I bring the work. So I think it's just finding the type of clients you want to have. If you want to paint horses, you know, go to equestrian um, shows because they're going to want to buy those paintings. If you want to paint flowers, go to these open market um, shows that they have because those are the type of people that you're that you that you need as collectors. So that would be the biggest thing is just finding your your niche, finding your your clientele. I love that. That's actually um, so relatable as well. I wish I to find whenever I ask that the, these questions on the advice, it's like, it's so relatable in every industry and that can be crossed over even into to business or whatever it is you're doing as an entrepreneur. Um, because when you are mm-hmm. niched, you actually can hone in and you're a lot more focused and targeted. Whereas like, if you become someone where you're just mm-hmm. like, oh, I could do anything for anyone. And it's like, well, that's really broad. Yeah. And so niching down. Mm-hmm. I remember years ago, someone actually told me it was bad to niche. And they, they said I would corner myself in the market, but it was like, but if I'm killing it in that corner, like, then I'm good. Right. I'm like that's, that's exactly that's all I need to do. And that's what I did. And I killed it in that corner. So it was just like, you know, know your lane and then you can branch yeah. out into other things and, and expand exactly. what you do. But yeah, building a foundation in that niche right. is, is so critical. So I love that it's relatable in art and I could totally see For that sure. which makes complete sense is just like if you're an artist that loves to paint specific things like there are these different avenues mm-hmm. and shows and things like that that you could be involved in so that's great advice I love that yeah and you know one of the things by doing that I, and finding the type of clientele that I have they they don't tell me what they want on a commission they just give me a subject or a photograph or like hey i need you to paint this and i have complete you know artistic freedom but when it comes to let's say somebody who likes very bright colors and they go to an artist who paints a little darker a little bit more realistic let's say or or tighter and they say hey i need you to do this painting and the artist because he wants to make the money or she wants to make the money and, and, and they want to be able to sell their work. They take on a commission that might not be in their lane. And one, they're going to suffer. They're going to hate it. And two, the collector might not like it and might say, Hey, can you change this? Can you change that? And that deflates the artist ego, you know, and that's where that imposter syndrome comes in. So really knowing what you can and cannot do or want and don't want to do is very important as an artist. Like you have to stick to your guns and and, and be true and be um, true to yourself and, and know that, hey, this is what I do. If people like it, great. If not, I will find those people that do like it and not compromising your style for some you know, for something else. That's where that network comes in too, because you can just refer them to someone that it is their style and, and vice versa. 
Yeah, I've had a lot of um people, a lot of artists um, refer me their clients because they're like, hey, they love this kind of bright painting, and I thought of you because you could then you know work with them. And I do the same thing. Like they want something a little more realistic, a little tighter, not necessarily what I do. I could do it, but it's not what I do. I, I send them to another to another artist. And that's how you build your community with artists by doing so. And by referring different artists, you're helping them. And then eventually they're going to be able to help you and send you clients as well. Absolutely. So it's very important. That's collaboration over competition. Definitely. Yes. Yes. Well, awesome. Very important. Well, that is our time, girl. So I th- thank you so much, one, for uh, catching up with me. And I, I shot Susie a message and I was like, girl, I've been following you for a while and seeing all your art needed to catch up <laughs> and get on this podcast and also share because it's it's so fun to connect with other creatives. And I feel like in in some way, honestly, mm-hmm. we're all creative, right? We we all, especially in entrepreneurship and yeah. in leadership. I mean, we have we have a, a different way of thinking and seeing the world and um, it's relatable and crosses over in all channels. So I love to bring on another artist though, to, mm-hmm. to share that mind. Um, so thank you for sharing. And then also sharing how you got started in, in your art. Um, I think it's definitely a, a great um, and commendable thing to be able to share your story about, you know, being bullied and having these, op- these positive outlets. So um, definitely I encourage anyone listening that if you are in a place of any type of uh, mental health or um, depression, PTSD, anxiety, like art is a fantastic outlet to channel that energy and um, mm-hmm. to connect. And, and that's what it's all about is connecting and then connecting with other people. So thanks for connecting with yeah. us. Do you want to share um, any last thoughts or uh, ways that we can follow you and share yeah. more of your work? Of course. Well, just you know, just like you said, you know, I've been following you too. And I'm always so proud and impressed of all the stuff that you're doing and, and your attitude of, of keep going, what you've created now and in, in up in North, uh, sorry, you guys, um, what you've created up in Northern Texas has so much fun. Like I wish I was still living out there so I could join you and do podcasts and, and come in and visit. But I'm I'm sure that's going to turn into a great success. I'm so happy and and, and excited for you, Ashley. Um, as far as uh, where people could find me, I'm on all social media platforms under Suz the Artist. That's S O O Z the Artist. And if there are any artists out there who who need a little push or have any questions or need some advice, I always love to to tell them that my DMs are open and I could definitely help and, you know, or try to at least. And uh, yeah, just, just send me a message and I'll be more than happy to connect. Awesome. Awesome. And I'm going to download that, that Cyberdust app again and hit, hit up Mark Cuban. He, uh, he definitely was great with <laughs> responding. So <laughs> now that I have the reminder. <laughs> yeah. I think the last message, I think the last message I sent them was, during that whole thing about um, TikTok and 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 the hearings they had up in um, DC, and I and I mentioned something. I'm like, I wish we could do something like a, a, a combination of dust and TikTok. And I think he just sent me a happy face. And I was like, <laughs> He's like, come okay, on, girl, <laughs> come on. It's so funny Let's because my, 
My husband, for the longest, was like, you're not really talking to Mark Cuban. You're talking to, like, some assistant or something. I'm like, right. I'm telling you, it is him. Some assistant. And I don't know if you remember, but um, I was in Vegas, and actually, I dusted him while I was in yeah. Vegas, and he was... He was there. I was at a pitch competition and I didn't make it to the stage, but he was still up on stage and I was in the audience and I dusted him and he totally looked at his phone while he was on stage and he responded and he came out and took a picture with me. And I like, I still have that picture. I still share that story because I'm like, he legit was responding to me. I watched him do it on stage and then he came out and took a picture with me. So there's that. So yeah, if y'all want to yeah. go uh, hit up Mark Cuban, you can download the app CyberDust and uh, you can send him a message and he, he does respond. <laughs> He'll be like, where are all these messages <laughs> coming know. from? I know, all my followers. <laughs> it was great. It was yeah, great. usually usually I tell him, like, I used, you know, I don't hit him, uh, you know, hit him up like often, right? I, I do it every few months or several months or whatever. But my first, does to him is always are you still here yeah i'm like hello and he'll be like yep what's up that's funny oh my gosh i i didn't even know the app was still around so i need to go and download that i'm gonna go check it out yeah i mean he still uses it he still says he uses it so Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Susie, for catching up with me, girl. We will share everything about Susie in the description. Um, so definitely check out the links and uh, go follow her on social media. She's an awesome person to follow and slide in her DMs. And uh, I'm sure she'll respond just like Mark Cuban if uh, you have any questions about art or anything <laughs> about this episode. So thank you guys for listening. And until uh, <laughs> next time, beauty behind chaos. Bye, beauties. Thanks for kicking it with me until the end. If this episode inspired you, share it with a friend because when we learn, we live and we can all use a pick-me-up. I would love to see if you benefited or enjoyed this episode. Use the hashtag beautybehindchaospodcast. See you next time, beauty.